Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Thank you for your trust. Do you trust the heart of your pastor? I'm going to deliver a message today by the grace of the Lord that I don't enjoy. I do not like some of the things that will be said today. But the Word of God tells me as a servant of the Lord not to try to tickle ears. The Word of the Lord tells me that I'm not running a popularity contest. The Word of the Lord tells me that I am to preach the Word at all times, to reprove, rebuke, and correct. To love the sheep that I've been entrusted with as an assistant enough to tell them the truth. Now, so far, is everybody in? All right, we all remember that as we go through the message. We've been in our series on prayer. This is our 11th session. And we come today to warfare prayer. Warfare prayer. Father, we commit this word to you. It's your word. It's eternal. It's powerful. As I prayed and asked you again this morning, open the eyes of my own heart. Show me where there's any dark places. Show me where I need correction. Show me where I've been blind to the assignment of the evil one, and I've actually without knowing it, been in cooperation with his agenda. Oh, send light, Lord. Send light. I pray you would allow the light of the Holy Spirit to illumine all of our hearts. Show us, O oh God. We thank you that who you love, you correct. We pray today that we would have our minds and hearts open to the Word, and we will receive it joyfully in Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen. Well, we're going to go, as I said, in different places today. Let's begin in uh, the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, probably the best known of passages on warfare. By the way, how many of you know we, we're in a war? The Bible is a love story, but it's being told in the context of war. And if you don't believe we're in a war, you're sadly deceived. We are in a war. Do you know, do, do, Steve Franklin Ministries has partners all over the United States in different places. We got a call from some of our partners in uh, Florida, Dean and I did a couple of weeks ago, and uh, asked if we could give them a call. And uh, the issue on the heart of this wonderful, godly, uh, mature uh, couple was... <clears throat> Our pastor has announced publicly 
that the devil is dead. That Jesus took him out at the cross and the devil is dead. And the only issue you have are the issues of your own flesh. The Bible says that in the last days there will be doctrines of demons. That men will heap to themselves the desire to listen to things that make them feel good rather than coming to the knowledge of the truth. So let me say right here at the beginning, the only way you're going to be continually successful in spiritual warfare is if you heed what we talked about two weeks ago, and that is that you come to the Lord for healing in your inner man. You're not going to be able to effectively fight when you're deeply wounded. You will be in a limited position to resist the devil unless you have submitted to the Lord and allowed He who is anointed to heal the brokenhearted, He who is anointed to give recovery of sight to the blind, until that healing Jesus, the one who is anointed, until you come to Him and ask Him to heal you where you are, to reveal to you those broken places, and until you by faith receive His love and grace to heal you up, you're not going to be effective long-term in warfare. If you are operating especially with anger, and even if you're angry about something that is righteous, if you don't heed what the Word says, and you don't, if you keep letting the sun go down, and you having anger, that anger is going to turn into bitterness, and that is going to cause you to be very attractive to the devil, and you'll get a lick put on you, and you won't even know it. Healing in our inner man is the key. The anointed Jesus. And I love Romans 5, 17. He who receives the abundance of grace, God's favor and ability, and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Christ Jesus. We have a high priest who is interceding for us this very moment. And he is a high priest of mercy in grace. The only way you're not going to feel the touch of God when you come to Him is if you still continue to operate in the deception of self-righteousness. He'll give you mercy if you'll come and ask for it. He'll give you grace if you'll humble yourself and ask for it. We're in a war. Ephesians 6 verses 10 and following, finally my brothers be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You're not in this war by yourself. Do you see that? You cannot win in your own power. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the methods, the schemes, the carefully, it's methodios in the Greek. It is carefully devised schemes and plans of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That pastor might need a to have read this passage, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, that is, demons under the headship of Lucifer, the devil, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That is, in that area, there is 
demonic activity, not in the throne room of heaven itself, but in the atmosphere above the earth. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of right standing, a gift of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, Take the shield of faith by which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the rhema, the spoken word of God. Praying always with all kinds of prayer and supplication. That is prayer based on the evidence of God's word that it's yours. Praying under the control and direction of the Holy Spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for those who are over you in the Lord, and for me that utterance might be given to me, but that I may speak boldly is all to speak. I want you to turn to the right with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. You say, Pastor, we've looked at this many times. Well, and if you're like me, you have to look at it over and over and over again. Because living in this world, it's easy to forget. The Holy Spirit, speaking through the Apostle Peter, speaks first of all to spiritual leaders in the congregation, to elders, and talking about shepherding, helping oversee, and looking over the flock. Then he says in the middle part of verse 5, God resists the proud. You know what proud, you know what pride is? Here's the definition of pride. You believe and you act like you are the center of your universe and you are responsible to not only fix yourself but everybody else. God resists the proud, but He gives favor and ability to the humble. He who will recognize their total dependence and get in partnership with the Lord. I said those who will recognize their dependence and get in partnership with the Lord. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you at the right time. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. How many of you would like to cast all your cares upon the Lord and let him figure it out? What if you really believe that he's caring for you? He's able to do what you can't do. Two of us believe it. Look at verse 8. Be sober. That is, don't be under the influence of anything or anybody or any lie. Be on the alert. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith. You can't resist the devil if you're, un, if you're not sober. 
When you're under the influence of anything but the Holy Spirit, you are subject to the pressures, the lies of the devil, the pressures of this life. And I want you to notice something here. In the context of being weary with worry and anxiety, in that context, casting all your care on the Lord, because in that very context, there is a, an enemy doing what? Roaming about seeking someone to devour. You're most vulnerable when you're worried and anxious. You become very attractive to the devil. And the word is saying here, be sober, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, roams around seeking someone to devour. Resist him steadfast in your faith. You say, Pastor, can you get to a point to where you are not vulnerable to the devil? Do you still have skin on? Can I tell you something? Under the direction and the fortification of the Holy Spirit, you can get reinforced in your inner man where it is not likely that you're going to fall. But can I tell you something? There is nobody with skin on who is not susceptible to making a bad choice. That hurts a lot of people. You know what the Holy Spirit tells me all the time? You're one bad choice away from hurting a lot of people. Are you getting the picture? Be sober. Be on the alert. It's not just about you. I guarantee you. That if your pastor were to do something out of line and out of order with the Lord Jesus, that'd put a hurt on you, wouldn't it? You say, my goodness, I, I don't want to have to live with all that pressure. Can I tell you something? To whom much is given, much is required. That's just part of the deal. Amen. Be sober, be vigilant. You can't do something in a vacuum that nobody knows about and it be okay. Your Lord is watching you. And part of us not humbling ourselves is carrying our own worries and cares. When I start getting worried about something, the Holy Spirit begins to remind me, you're not humbling yourself. You're not casting your cares over on me like I told you to. And you're becoming attractive to the devil. My goodness. Now that's a sobering thought, isn't it? Amen. Our enemy's agenda is to steal, kill, and destroy. Let me just go a little farther.
I want to show you something here. Turn back to the left with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Is there somebody that you have not taken to the cross and forgiven? Now remember what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not saying, well, it's okay. Forgiveness is because it's not okay. Forgiveness is not saying, well, you know, I'll just forget it. No, you probably won't. Forgiveness is taking who offended you and even taking yourself to the cross and saying the cross is enough. They're in your hands, Lord. But if we refuse to forgive, watch what happens. Whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. What he, in the context of worry and fear we saw earlier, we, we're, we're, we've got a, a devil who is very attracted to us. He is an adversary watching out for us. But watch this. If we don't forgive, there is a satanic device for our destruction. If you don't forgive somebody, and if you don't forgive yourself in the name of Jesus, you become very attractive to the devil. It's a satanic device. All right, turn to the right with me to Ephesians. Let's go back to chapter 4 of Ephesians. Ephesians 4. I want you to see something else. Verse 25, therefore, putting away lying, let each of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we're members of one another. Be angry, that is, be angry about the right things, injustice. Be angry about the work of the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. But be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sin, the sun go down on your wrath. Wrath is aged anger. If you're angry about anything for a long period of time, it has the tendency to turn into wrath. Be angry, don't let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. If you are continuing to be angry about anything towards anybody, you are going to give the devil an opportunity to get involved in your stuff. Years ago, I got stirred up and angry about something, and it was many, many years ago that had to do with one of our political leaders. And I was running my mouth and expressing my opinion and holding anger in my inner man. And the Holy Spirit said to me, you are hurting yourself. You're giving the devil an opportunity. You are hurting yourself, and you're shutting the door to your blessing. 
And I said, how's that, Lord? He said, because I told you that for all of those who are in places of authority, I have told you to stop criticizing and start praying. And I want to tell you all something. Are you listening? And I hear this on both sides of this whole political stuff. I'm telling you, as the sheep in this flock, I don't care if you, I could care less where you're a Democrat or a Republican or an Independent or none of the above. You are primarily a citizen of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. And there's no political system that is bigger or greater than the kingdom of God. Start focusing on the kingdom of God and begin to pray that he will turn the hearts and minds of the decision makers. I don't care what political persuasion there are. Now I told y'all that I didn't like this sermon. But I'm doing my job. Pastor, I thought that Jesus did. I mean, Jesus said all authority is given unto me in heaven and on earth after he was raised from the dead. That's true. I thought James 4, 7 told me that if I resist the devil, he'd flee from me. That's true. But did you understand that although the war has been legally won at the cross, look at Colossians 2, 13 to 15. Look, look at Ephesians 3, 10. The war has been legally won, but did you know that you, as a member of the church, the body of Christ, you are the enforcement agent? The Alabama State Legislature makes laws, and they have declared by law that it is illegal for somebody to break into your house. But although the law is there and legally on the books, if somebody gets in your house and you don't have the enforcement agents to call to police it, guess what? You're still going to get stolen from. You and I, as carriers of the life of Jesus, are also carriers of the authority of Jesus. And it's up to you and I, in faith, in obedience, and under the direction of the Holy Spirit, by faith and perseverance, to take a stand through the Word of God and to allow the authority that is in Jesus to be released through His children. That's you. We're... We didn't make the law or make it happen, but we are the enforcement agents on this earth. You say, well, boy, that is a big responsibility. Yeah, it is, but most of us are not really getting serious about it, and we've got an enemy who's coming to steal, kill, and destroy, and we're not very alert and aware sometimes of, of, of what he's doing. But you know what? Our problem mostly is most of the time we don't ever get to the real issue of our old patterns and of thinking and speaking and behaving because of this. Now look, this is not a popular subject and there's a lot of confusion about this and the reason is that sometimes some people have gotten obsessed with their own thing. 
Some people have gotten out of line and out of balance because they've become obsessed with the activities of the devil. Hebrews 12, 2 says that we're to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, not on what the devil's doing. The devil doesn't call any of us to be demon inspectors, but he has given us the authority when we run up against him and the light that is in Jesus dispel and, and shines on dark places that we are to release that authority in the name of Jesus. Think of it like this. Think of you right now and think of that place where you live. And let's suppose that in that place where you live, I want you to suppose that there is a major room of your house. You may call it a living room. You may, I, I don't know what you call it. But there is a major room in your house or apartment, in your dwelling, there is a major room. And I want you to assume that the moment you by faith through the grace of God receive Jesus as your Lord, Christ came to live in the living room of your house. Now that is what the Bible calls your spirit man, your heart. But you've also got more than a spirit, you've got a soul. And I want you to think of your soul as those other rooms in your house. Bedrooms, bathrooms, closets, laundry rooms, supply. Your soul all those little rooms that are not the main dwelling room of your house. Can I tell Listen to me now. The devil, demonic spirits, can't live in the living room. You've been born again. There is one Lord of your life, and it's not the devil or a demon. Are you with me? But let's just suppose that in the other rooms of your house, not central headquarters, but the other rooms of your house, there's anger, there's pride, there's lust or greed, there's rejection, there's shame, there's fear. The longer those that I've just mentioned in any number of things that are out of line with the master of the house, as long as those are allowed to stay in the other rooms, guess what? That collection of thoughts, feelings, and actions begin to put up resistance to the main owner of the house. They start pushing against the closet doors. That's called a stronghold. And it makes it hard for you to connect with fellowship with the Lord Jesus. It makes it hard for you to really sense and know His presence because there is resistance. There is demonic resistance in those Rooms that are not under the final authority of the Lord of the house. So you can have demonic resistance in areas of your soul, even though your spirit man that is born again where Jesus lives is not demonically possessed. You can give over territory in your house to the devil. 
So what do I do about that? You invite the Lord of the house. I do this regularly because you know what? Can I tell you something? Sometimes stuff gets behind the doors of your closets and you don't even know it's there. You thought, well, I just cleaned that last week. Stuff accumulates, doesn't it? Amen? No, I'm the only one, right? No, you know better than that. My thoughts can begin to accumulate. My actions, my words, my feelings. There can be an accumulation in some of those areas of my soul that are not under the exposed truth of the Lord of the house. Amen? So what do I do about it? I say, Lord Jesus, shine the light into every area of my inner man. Show me where my thinking is wrong. Show me where my feelings are wrong. Show me where my will has been weakened. Show me any dark place of, the, of this house. Why? Because I am bought with a price. The blood of Jesus has bought me. I do not belong to myself. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 and 19. This is for you if you're saved. You are not your own. You've been bought with a price. You know what Romans 14, 8 says? And some people have told me, why did you fight the fight that you did only for your son Bryant to go on in to the kingdom? I tell them this, I don't know. But here's what I do know, Romans 14, 8 says, whether we live, we live to the Lord. Whether we die, we die to the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord's. So here's what I know. I don't know a bunch of stuff, but I know who owns the house. Been bought. You've been bought. We belong to him. And so we ask the owner, Holy Spirit, show me areas where I am thinking wrong, speaking wrong, behaving wrong. In the name of Jesus, I ask you to show me. And when the Lord begins to show you, you've got to do something that most, most of the time you don't hear anything about. You've got, you got to renounce what you're shown. What do you mean by that? You've got to drive the intruder out of your house. Can I tell you something? You have all authority. You are the only person with authority in the house of your inner man to stand in the authority of the owner and say, you have got to get out. In the name of Jesus. Now I'll tell you something. The longer you let intruders stay in the, the rooms of your soul, the more apt you are to have strongholds built up and, listen to me, I don't like to say this, but I'm going to. If you're a believer and that continues to go on and on and on and on and on, there's going to come a time when you get exposed and it won't be pretty. It will not be pretty. It will not be pretty. It will not be pretty. You know why? Because the Lord loves you way too much to let you keep on going down a self-destructive path. It's about His love and His grace for you. His love and grace gives us chance after chance after chance.
But can I tell you something? It is wrong and it is deceitful to think. This is not anybody's business but mine. It won't hurt anybody. Nobody's even going to know about this. I can fix anything and everything. No, you can't. The Lord loves you way too much to let you keep going down a self-destructive path. So, when the Lord shows you those things, begin to renounce their, ple- their place in the house of your inner man, and then ask the Lord to show you what it is you're to do into cooperating with Him. Now, some of you have got way too much pride to go see a counselor and get some help. That's going to hurt you. Part of the anointing of Jesus is being a wonderful counselor. God has called out and anointed and equipped men and women in the kingdom of God to help us when we're struggling. And we, can I tell you something? Sometimes you need more help than you think you do. It is not sin or weakness to go get some help somewhere. You know why? Here's the thing light dispels darkness. And the longer we keep things in the darkness, the more deceived we are. So if the Lord shows us something going on that is not according to the Lord of our inner house, our inner man, and sometimes it's been going on so long, we've got to have some help. And so when we're exposed, we say, Lord, I am going to cooperate with you, whatever that means. And many times it may mean somebody else helping you process this. If nothing else... Listening and praying with you and for you. That is not weakness. That's a gift. But you've got to make the decision. A wise man told me one time, it's not what's expected that gets done. It's what's inspected that gets done. It's what I know somebody's going to look at that I'm more apt to do so we go before the Lord and we say Lord expose those areas and those rooms in my inner house where there are intruders through thoughts words actions even wait a minute now let me tell you something I won't be this harsh and I'm not being harsh I'm just pleading with you Let's operate in the light. You got one of these? You got one of these? I bet everybody does. Are you in a marriage covenant? You in covenant with a man or a woman in marriage? Is she or he able to see everything on yours? Oh, well, I wouldn't. I, uh, <laughs> I warned you before we started this, it was not going to be fun today. If you're in a place of being in a marriage covenant, 
you pledge before God and witnesses that you would do everything in your power to be one. And you won't even let your spouse see this little box right here. What are you hiding in there? I want to tell you all something as your pastor, your spiritual leader, okay? She knows more about what's in this box than I do. <laughs> that is the God-honest truth. You say, a man your age wouldn't be caught looking at the wrong. Can you believe? Do you not listen to the news? Do you not see how many people 60 and above are arrested for porn and all kind of evil stuff? Are you, what I'm trying to tell you is, it is helpful and encouraging if there is a struggle, if there is something going on, or even if there's not, for you to say to somebody you're in covenant with, I want to tell you something, no more secrets. Here it is. Amen. Invite the Lord to shine the light. Renounce any agreement you may have made with lies that you've believed. John 8, 31 and 32 says, If you will abide in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. And begin to declare out of your own mouth the truth of that word. God told Joshua, if you will confess with your mouth, if you will not, withhold or stop my word from coming out of your mouth, you will be successful in all that I've assigned you to do. Hebrews 4.12 says that the power of God, His life and power, is in His word. So invite the presence and the ownership of the Lord. Renounce any agreement that you've made with a lie of some of you believe that because of what happened to you in the past, you can never be forgiven. That's a lie. That's a lie. The Word of God says that He has seen all of your sin and He's chosen to forgive it by the blood of Jesus and to not hold it in His remembrance anymore. You've got to renounce the lie that you're, that, that you're operating in shame and you're just trying your best to make Him accept you by all these good things. You're never going to get there. The only good thing that He'll accept is the death of Jesus on your behalf. It's a gift. We receive by faith. Ask the Lord to begin to show you how He feels about you. His love and grace. And I want to, I want to remind you as we sung today in our prayer time. There is a high priest who knows your name and everything about you who loves you beyond comprehension. And his word says in Hebrews 4.16, I can come boldly before the throne of grace and receive mercy and find grace to help in my time of need. 
yes, the Lord will expose those areas where the house needs to be clean. And we do that as we confess it and renounce our agreement with any lie. We proclaim his word and we ask him to minister to us by his love and his grace. Would you bow your heads with me? This has been a tough word today. I don't know about you, but I need tough words. I need direct, hard-hitting words. How many of you would say, Pastor, the Holy Spirit has spoken and is speaking to me today? And I know that in the in the home that is my inner man, there is one Lord, and He is the most precious presence, possession that I have. I recognize that He bought me with the price of His own blood, that He loves me more than any human could ever love me, that He's for me. That the only reason he would expose my weakness is to bind his strength to me. That the only reason why he would convict me of my sin is to show me his grace. Hallelujah. And so today I want to say to the Lord, expose every room of my inner man where there's thoughts, feelings, Words, decisions, memories. Expose every broken place and every place in me where there is ongoing resistance to your ownership. How many of you would say today, I invite the Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, send light. Show me what's behind the doors. I'm afraid I've probably left some windows open. How many of you would say, I say to the Lord today, expose those broken places in me. As I've already prayed and let you know today, I pray regularly and prayed again this morning. How many of you would say, that's my prayer for myself, Lord expose me. Would you raise your hand? Hallelujah. Would you say, Holy Spirit, show me those areas where I'm broken. Show me the lies that I've believed. Forgive me for in, in fear and anxiety, worry. For not being sober-minded and being on the alert recognizing that I'm vulnerable. Forgive me for not laying hold of you, being accountable. Now hereby declare today, Lord Jesus, that I ask your forgiveness and I ask for your grace and I decide today that I will bring out into the open those areas where I have been guilty of making agreement with lies. You are my life. And I ask you to cleanse me and stop me from doing something that would embarrass you or hurt other people. 
would you renounce that lie and declare the truth? Oh God, I'm not an orphan, I'm a daughter bought in the blood of Jesus. I'm a son, not because somebody on this earth wanted me or took me in, but because you love me, you chose me, you're telling a story through me. Hallelujah. So today, Lord, I renounce every lie of shame and guilt. I renounce the lie that I'm capable or even assigned to fix anybody else. I can't even fix myself. Thank you for your love and grace. I just want to be your partner, Lord. Just use me. I will carry the input you give me. But the results are yours. Lord, I say today, I ask you to minister to me by your love and grace, and I fully expect you to do it. Show me those people you've sent into my life to help me, and forgive me for running from them, Lord, when they're agents of your help. Father, I bless these, your sheep. In the name of Jesus, I bless them, Father. Bless them in every way, spirit, soul, and body, financially and relationally. Bless their family, bless their business. Bless them, Father, with restored health. Bless them with supernatural energy. Renew their youth like the eagle by filling their life with good things. In the precious and holy name of Jesus. We'll go with God, and He's going with you, and we'll see you in two weeks. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.